Good morning. Welcome to New Life. Who's excited to be here today? Yeah, right on. Right on. I got to let you know that was nothing compared to usually the applause that we get in the North Platte venue. All right, so let's try that again. Who's excited to be at New Life? Right on, right on. Well, my name is Dave, and I get to be the campus pastor out at our North Platte campus. And so I'm here to share with you guys, but before we we move on to our message, I want to say a big hello to everybody that's watching online today. Maybe you're out of town or you're sick. Thanks for making worshiping God a priority on this Sunday morning. And I also want to say a big welcome to everybody out at North Platte. Uh, Miss you guys, love you, and I think you're going to be blessed for attending church today, all right? So many of you guys know that before I was called into full-time ministry and my wife Tiffany and I, we moved our family out to North Platte, I was a, uh, an elementary teacher. I was a second grade teacher in the Omaha Public Schools District. And the last parent-teacher conference that I had was in March of 2014. At that time, I had 18 students in my second grade class. And for this last uh, parent-teacher conference of the year, I want you to guess how many women showed up. How many mothers do you think showed up out of 18 students? We had 17. Pretty good. Almost 100%. Okay? How many fathers do you think showed up? One. One. Now, they may, I'm sure there were a variety of reasons, a variety of situations going on that uh, caused this. But the bottom line is that the fathers missed out. When they didn't show up, they missed out on an opportunity to see how their child was growing and developing. They missed an opportunity to love their child. They missed an opportunity to reinforce just how important education is. They missed out when they didn't show up. Well, the same is true for us when we're talking about our faith. We miss out when we fail to show up and see what God is up to. We miss out when, when we don't prioritize correctly. We let things that maybe aren't as important, and let's face it, nothing is important as God, but we let things creep up and seem more urgent or more important than they need to be, and we miss out on what God is up to. We miss the voice of the Holy Spirit when we let the noise of life be a constant presence in our lives, and we miss God do the miraculous when we don't show up. So today, as we continue in our teaching series, Women of the Bible, we're going to be looking at not just one woman but a group of women who showed up. And by the way, if you're, if you're here this week and you missed last week, go to mynewlifechurch.com. Pastor Jeff kicked us off with an incredible message last week, and you don't want to miss it. You'll be blessed if you go and you, you check that out. But today, we're going to take a look at the story of the women who went to the tomb to anoint Jesus' body following his death on the cross. We're going to learn a few valuable lessons from them that truly have the ability to transform your faith today if you're open and ready for it. You see, the discovery of Jesus' resurrection is one of a handful of events that are recorded in all four of the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the authors of these books, every one of them covered the women going to the tomb. Okay, To me, that speaks of its importance. Now, they each kind of shine a slightly different light on it because of the audience that they were writing for. And the fact that it's included in all four of the Gospels gives us maybe perhaps a little fuller picture of what really happened. So who are the women that we're talking about? Matthew, in his account, he mentions Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. Mark 
says the two Marys, Mary Magdalene, the other Mary, and then a woman named Salome. John focuses mostly just on Mary Magdalene. And then Luke mentions Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women. Now I think it's interesting that Luke just groups several other women together. If you're like me, it doesn't come to any surprise that the women went in a big group because it seems like women have to go together everywhere. And so, I mean, this might not be biblical, but my guess is that a few of these women heard that Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were going to the tomb and misheard it and thought they had said, we're going to the restroom. And so they thought they had to go with them. (laughs) Pastor Jeff, I hope I have a job after today. But let's take a look at what scripture records about this event. And then I have three takeaways for you. Today, we're going to start in Luke's account. Chapter 23 of the book of Luke, starting in verse 55. It says, As his body was taken away, the women from Galilee followed and saw the tomb where his body was placed. We're obviously talking about Jesus' body here. Then they went home and prepared spices and ointments to anoint his body. But by the time they were finished, the Sabbath had begun, so they rested as required by the law. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. Now it's worth noting that in Jesus' day, it was not customary for Jews to really prepare a body that was being put in a tomb. They just didn't do it. It wasn't a cultural norm. So this act of gathering spices and preparing ointments to go and anoint Jesus' body is really an incredible act of love and devotion to their Lord. It was not the norm. It was not typical. All right, so let's take a look then. We'll pick up the story in Mark's account. Chapter 16, on the way, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The women were shocked, but the angel said, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. That brings us to our first point today, and that's this, that you must show up to see God show off. You must show up to see God show off. That's what the women did here. Imagine what it would have been like to be one of these women who discovered this miraculous move of God. What would that have done to you and your faith? your desire to worship when you see this miraculous move of God. On the flip side, let's imagine for a moment you were invited to join them and you turned them down. You turned them down maybe for any of a variety of reasons. Maybe it was you're not a morning person and they were going early and so you wanted to sleep in. Or maybe you you were just devastated that Jesus had died and so you couldn't get over your grief and, and you didn't go with them. Or maybe you just, you didn't place enough importance on it. You didn't want to go. You had other things that seemed to be more important at the time. For whatever reason, if you would have missed out, you would have missed God showing off his incredible power. If you didn't show up, you wouldn't have seen God show off. You would have had to settle for a secondhand account of what had happened. Now picture with me for a moment the, the next national championship that Coach Scott Frost leads the Huskers to. Some of you are thinking, yep, Dave, that's an act of God right now. 
But let's imagine for a moment, would you rather be invited to go and watch the national championship game live in person to see what happens, or would you rather hear about it later from someone who had been there? Which one? Would you want a firsthand account, or would you want a secondhand story? I think it's pretty, pretty obvious. We want the firsthand account. And by the way, just for clarity, I'm not saying Scott Frost is God, okay? Although it might take an act of God for us to win the next one. But my point is this, guys. Faith doesn't grow by accident. Faith doesn't grow by accident. All four of the gospel accounts include the fact that the women went to the tomb very early on in the morning. You see, their actions were intentional. They weren't on the way to the store and just all of a sudden, you know, happened to pass by and see that Jesus had been risen. It wasn't by happenstance that this took place. They were intentional. If you want your faith to grow, you too have to be intentional about pursuing God. It's also worth noting that the women chose to honor their Lord despite the emotions they were certainly experiencing. They were dealing with hurt. They were dealing with heartache. They were dealing with grief, confusion, uncertainty. They didn't allow that, though, to to paralyze them. You see, they rose above these emotions that they were experiencing, or perhaps these emotions were the catalyst for getting up early to go show up at the tomb. You know, we're, we're going to face problems and sufferings. I, I think if you've been a Christian for any amount of time, you know that just because you give your life to Christ does not mean that your life is just all of a sudden going to be perfect. In fact, Jesus recognizes this. In John 16, he tells us we're going to have trials and sorrows in this life, but we can take heart because he's overcome the world. It's what we choose to do in the midst of these problems, in the midst of these sufferings, that will determine our outcome. Problems and sufferings are meant to just be opportunities to show up and see God show off. Romans 5 says it this way. We rejoice in our sufferings, in our problems, in the things that we have to overcome, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Put yourselves back in the shoes of the women for a moment who were suffering, who had this problem of their, their Savior being crucified, because they showed up and they, showed God, they saw God show off, their sufferings led to hope. So what do we do with this? Number one, don't let your circumstances determine your faith. The women didn't. The women didn't let the circumstances dictate to them their faith. So don't let your circumstances determine your faith. Rather, let your faith determine how you react to your circumstances. Because of their faith, the women showed up and they saw God show off, which is the second application to this. Simply show up so you can see God show off. Don't take the summer off from your faith. God's not taking a break from you this summer. So show up this summer, whether that means a Sunday morning worship service, wherever you happen to find yourself, if you're out of town, or Wednesday nights. We're starting to kind of promote Wednesday nights in June at both campuses with our encounter events that are happening. Show up and see God show off. Students, students that are hearing my voice today, go to camp. Go to camp. It's 
It's going to be the best part of your summer. And you maybe don't even know it yet. Go to camp. It's not too late. See one of your youth pastors and get hooked up to go to camp. Now, the second takeaway for today from the story of the women that went to the tomb is this. Trust God for the how. Turn to your neighbor and say, trust God for the how. Now turn back to him and say, what in the world is he talking about? (laughs) Trust God for the how. This is what I mean. The women that went to the tomb, they knew what they were doing and they knew why they were doing it. But they didn't know how it was going to happen. They knew the what. The what for them was they wanted to anoint Christ's body. They wanted to be able to worship their Lord. The why. Because they wanted to honor him. They were sold out to him. So they knew the what. Anoint his body. Why? Because they wanted to worship him and honor him. But there was just one problem. A large stone had been rolled in front of the tomb to seal it. In various translations of the Bible, the the stone is described as huge, very large, very great, or in one even says extremely large. The women didn't know how they were going to deal with moving the stone. Let's take a look at Mark 16, verses 2 and 3. It says, very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb. The thing that I think is fascinating about that is they're on their way as they ask this question. They didn't have to have the answer to this question before they set out for the tomb. They're on their way and they ask, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance? They didn't let the question of how stop them. Instead, they trusted God for the how. As a side note, Matthew 28, 2 tells us how God does it. Matthew records that suddenly there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. You see, the women trusted God for the how. They showed up despite the question of how they would be able to move the stone, and God showed off his power by moving the stone for them. So often we talk ourselves out of something when we don't know how it's going to get done. We fail to remember just how powerful, how all-knowing our God is. We place limits on a limitless God. We box him in to what we think is possible, what we can comprehend, failing to remember that God's ways are higher than our ways. Another way of saying this is we let doubt prevent us from praying and believing God will show up and show off. You see, Jesus spoke about what can happen when our faith is bigger than our doubt. Let's take a look at Matthew 21, 18 through 22. Jesus uh, is hanging out with his disciples, and they watch him do something pretty extraordinary here. It says, in the morning as Jesus was returning to Jerusalem, he was hungry, and he noticed a fig tree beside the road. He went over to see if there were any figs, but there were only leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. And immediately the fig tree withered up. Pause right there for a second. If anyone ever questions you on whether or not God or Jesus was fully God and fully man, take him to this passage where Jesus shows that even he got hangry once in a while. Okay. But he continues on. The disciples were amazed when they saw this and asked, how did the fig tree wither so quickly? Then Jesus told them, I tell you the truth, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. 
You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. And then hang on to this. You can pray for anything. And if you have faith, you will receive it. You can pray for anything. And if you have faith, you will receive it. The women, they put their feet where their faith was and God took care of the how. Again, they were on their way to the tomb having no idea how they, in their human strength, were going to be able to roll the stone away. They put their feet where their faith was. Mark 16, 4. But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. If they didn't trust God for the how, they wouldn't have shown up and they wouldn't have seen God show off. Trust God for the how. Last year, I got to be a part of a mission team that New Life sent down to Honduras. And we were there to build a, a church building for a local congregation in a small village. And as we were working, building this, this building, we got to work alongside an incredible individual named Pastor Johan. Pastor Johan was a guy, he's about my age, and his congregation in a different community up in the mountains a little ways away, they had been blessed by the same type of church building that someone had come in and built for them a few years earlier. And not long after they built it, they had to knock down a wall and extend it to handle their growth. They also became a Compassion International site. And so on the side of their building, there was some space to, to love kids, to minister to kids through an after-school program where they would feed and they would provide some education. Not long after that, they had to add a second story to the Compassion building because they needed more classroom space. And they were just boxed in. And they needed some more land. And there happened to be a field right out behind their building. And they thought, man, it would be awesome if we could have this field to put up a playground where kids could go and play and be kids and be safe. Because they sat right in the middle of a neighborhood where gang activity happened all around them. And in fact, on this field, there was a, a home or a little shack that the gangs utilized. The gangs were in control of that territory, and they would, they would run drugs out of that house. They would initiate new boys into the gang. They would abuse young girls in this house. And because it had value to the gangs, there was no way that Pastor Johan and his church could acquire the, the field because the house sat there. So what did they do? They knew what they wanted. They wanted the field. Why did they want it? They wanted it to be able to have a safe place for their children that they're loving and ministering to, to play and to be kids. But they didn't know how they were going to acquire this field. So what did they do? Much like the women, they began praying. And they began praying and just saying, God, I don't know how you're going to do this, but we want this field. We believe that you have said that we will get this field. And so we're going to continue to pray and pray and pray in faith that you'll give it to us. Now, as I said, the, this community sat up in the mountains, in a mountainous region, and one day, uh, this heavy windstorm blew through town. Wind that is uncharacteristic for where they live. And the, guess what the wind did? The wind blew the roof off of the house. And before they could go and they could repair it or replace it, the next three days, three consecutive days, torrential rainfall fell and leveled the walls of the house for them. Yeah, praise God. 
So Pastor Johan, now that the, the house was gone, his church was able to acquire the field. And they were able to put up a cinder block fence that's about 10 feet tall around the area, securing it for their kids. And I was overjoyed that just a week and a half ago, they had a special dedication service out on their new playground where they've got an enclosed soccer field with artificial turf. They've got uh, a basketball court that also doubles as a splash pad. Okay, I play basketball in the summer in some hot, hot weather. How awesome would it be to have a splash pad built in? Okay. They've got a covered roof uh, that, that covers some, some bleachers so people can sit out there and they can enjoy watching the kids. And it's just an incredible story of what can happen when you trust God for the how. You know the what and the why and trust God for the how. You see, faith is all about praying prayers with answers that only God is powerful enough to provide. I see the women's question about the stone, not simply as a question to one another, but as their collective prayer. It was their prayer as they walked along just saying, how are you going, how is this stone going to be moved away? Now listen, I don't think they were doubting that it would be moved away or else they wouldn't have gone. I think it's more of a, how is God going to do this? How is God going to show up and show off when we get to the tomb? You see, God blessed the prayer of the women because it was a prayer they weren't going to be able to accomplish on their own. They needed God to show up. Those are the types of prayers that God loves to honor and loves to bless. You see, their prayer recognized where their abilities ended, and that was where the miraculous move of God could begin. So leaving the how to God is where the miraculous exists. So what do we do when we face the impossible? When we face a situation where we can't see ourselves out of it, or we can't see the solution, or we don't believe that a good ending is possible, see it as an opportunity for God to show off. See it as an opportunity that God's going to show up, and by some miraculous move, he's going to work all things for good, just as his word tells us that it will. Pray prayers that only God can answer, and then trust him for it. Pastor Mark Batterson likes to say, work like it depends on you, pray like it depends on God. Meaning do everything you can and then trust God for the rest. Work like it depends on you and pray like it depends on God. That's what the women did. That's what the women did. They, they did everything they could. They prepared the spices. They, they got the, uh, the ointments and, and prepared those. They went to the tomb and then they prayed and they trusted God for the rest. Continuing on in the story, uh, we're going to pick up where the women are at the tomb and they're met by an angel. Let's take a look at Matthew's account. Then the angel spoke to the women. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead just as he said would happen. Come, see where his body was lying. And now, go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. That brings us to our third point. Be a messenger. Be a messenger. Carry the message, the good news of Jesus Christ that he's not dead and buried somewhere in a tomb, that he has been risen 
And he is the savior of the world. Carry that message of Christ. What would have happened if the women had not carried the message of Christ's resurrection to the, the resurre- excuse me, the resurrection to the disciples? You know, the, the disciples get a lot of credit, and I think rightfully so, for taking off and, and going to the ends of the earth and giving up their lives for the sake of Jesus and his gospel message. But let's pause for a moment. Before you get there, you have to take into account just how incredible it is that the women carried the message to the disciples. That if you miss that, if, if the women don't do that, what happens? I'm going to make the, the argument that you and I here in central Nebraska, halfway around the world from where these events took place, we wouldn't be here 2,000 years later. If that first link in the chain, the women had not carried the message to the disciples. As followers of Christ, we are called to be messengers telling the world of what we have witnessed. We live in a world that desperately needs us to carry the message of Christ with us wherever we go. Ask yourself, who needs you to carry the message to them? Who do you know that is discouraged? Who do you know that is hopeless? Who do you know that feels burnt by church? Who do you know that is hurt and heartbroken? Who do you know that is searching, feeling like they've got no place to belong, or they're stuck in a, in a situation with no answer? Who do you know who is searching? Today, I can't encourage you enough. Carry the message of Christ to those who need to hear it. You might be the only messenger that can reach them. You might be the only Christian they know. You might be the only person with a voice that they're willing to listen to. Or you maybe are the only Christian living a life that they look at and think, why are you different? I want to be like you. Carry the message of Christ. In the Apostle Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, he refers to God as him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Few people have ever known the truth of these words more than the women who visited the tomb. They initially set out for the tomb to worship their crucified Lord, desiring to honor him by anointing his dead body. And we've already covered how they get there and they realize that Jesus has been risen. But they're in for a bigger surprise than that. They show up trusting God along the way. And what does he do? Immeasurably more than all they could ask or imagine. Let's take a look at Matthew 28. Eight and nine. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy, and they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, what happens? Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshiped him. You see, I think this is incredible, immeasurably more than all they could ask for or imagine. Instead of anointing a dead body, Instead of having their prayer of, will this this stone be rolled away? God doesn't just roll the stone away. He brings Jesus onto their path so they get to meet their risen Savior. Immeasurably more than they could ever ask or even imagine. I mean, put yourself in their mindset. I'm going to go and I'm going to worship my Lord who is dead and in a tomb. And by the end of the story... They've met him. They've worshiped at his feet. 
What began with a prayer to have a stone moved ended with a miraculous face-to-face, or perhaps I should say a face-to-feet encounter with Jesus. I can't encourage you enough. Be intentional about showing up and watch God show off. If you know the what and the why, don't let the mystery of the how keep you from pursuing what God has for you. Trust him for it. Be a messenger, carrying the message of Christ to a world that desperately needs it. Today, practice these things in the the moments to come as our worship teams come to lead us. Show up today. Show up with your whole heart ready to just say, God, I am yours. Whether you've ever committed your life to Christ or not, maybe you've been following him for 50 years. Today, he wants your whole heart. So bring it to him in worship. Show up today in worship and see God show off in your heart and in your life. There are altars, or at least steps, where you can can make an altar today. During response time, I encourage you, go have your own face-to-feet encounter as you kneel before Jesus saying, I am yours. I don't have it all figured out, but I believe in you, my risen Savior. As the worship teams come, why don't you stand with me and let's pray. Almighty God, your power knows no limits. Yet so often we box you in with limitations of what we think you can or what you will do. Help us tear down these barriers today. Tear down these walls that we've erected We want to be a church that prays prayers of audacious faith, prayers that can only be answered if you show up. To you who is able to do immeasurably more than than all we ask or imagine, we desire to pray prayers that honor you and what you alone are capable of. When doubt and unbelief seek to keep us from pursuing you, may we hear you. May we hear your whisper reminding us of this story of the women who went to the tomb and of their example of incredible faith. Remind us of how you showed off when they showed up. When we can't see how you're going to move, let us trust you with an eagerness to be witnesses to your incredible, miraculous ways. When we can't see where our feet will land, may we have the faith to take the step anyway. Let us encounter you as we worship you today. Fill us with faith and trust as we fall at your feet and worship. In Jesus' name, amen.